0: hello everyone and welcome to another learning rebels coffee chat where all the cool lnd peeps hang out here we discuss ideas experiences and share stories about lnd specific topics i'm shannon tipton owner of Learning Rebels, where we strategically fix training that's broken and develop workplace learning that delivers desired business results. Today, the cool kids are talking about curation, tools, and techniques. Here's the good news. Advancements in technology have provided us with an army of tools and platforms designed to streamline all of our content curation. Now, the bad news? These advances lead to an army of tools. The sheer volume of available resources can be overwhelming and it makes it difficult to decide which tools are truly effective and which tools will really help us meet our overall curation goals. Now, during our last coffee chat, we discussed how to align our curation efforts with the needs and the goals of the business. Now today, we're discussing the different tools and techniques that we can use. Plus, special bonus people, Mike Taylor joins us to share his views on the different tools that he uses and gives us a sneak peek into the upcoming Learn Something New session, which is going to be focused on curation efforts. So the big question, on the table today is what are the different tools impacting our curation process and what challenges do we need to overcome to ensure relevance and to create overall impact? So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. Hello everyone to another Learning Rebels coffee chat. This Friday, I am excited to talk to you about curation tools and techniques. The last time we met, we discussed curation, connecting curation with your business goals and how do we go about that, how should we be doing that, and that we should be connecting our curation efforts to business goals and to goals in general. And we also talked about uh, Mike's curated model, which, if you haven't seen that, I'm going to put that into the chat right now as well, because that's just genius. And I'll—I've told Mike that before. I'll tell it to him again. There it is, Stella printed it out. At a girl. I carry it with me every day. I show it to everyone. This is so important. It's fantastic. I use it to raise the awareness to my colleagues who don't see the time it takes to create something. This is the best piece. I I needed it and I didn't know I needed it. Thank you so much, Mike.
1: That's awesome.
0: There you go, Mike. That's just glowing. And And I agree. I wrote the blog post. I referenced it there. This coffee chat and the last coffee chat, I referenced it there. And the world, again, the universe aligned when I asked Mike to do his learn something new for us here in a couple of weeks.
1: Some brainwaves.
0: Yeah. Then he came out with the model. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, you love it when all the different things come to fruition. You know, when the universe just comes knocking. So well done, you, Mike.
1: Thanks. You guys have all just made my day and then some.
0: There. See? Okay. Curation tools. Now, uh, the blog post that I put up, I walk you through what I'm referring to as, you know, this very loose definition of guide as far as your curated techniques and your curation efforts, being sure that we're researching appropriately And giving you a few tools to investigate and what to do with those tools. You know, the ones that, you know, have a little bit of pros, a little bit of cons attached to them. You know, so a little bit of help in regards to your curation efforts. Now, I'm curious here, let's just take a quick in the chat. What curation tool do you currently use? Let's see that in the chat. If you don't use any, then be sure to say you don't use any, but let's see what's happening here. Okay. Loosely feeding, feedly, I hear you. Okay. Don't have one, Noel and Dan, Joyce, OneNote, Renee. Okay. No specific tool yet. Thank you. Bookmarks and folders, I I do that too. Half-hearted confluence. (laughs) Your spidey senses (laughs) My Spidey senses tells me that something's happening on the interwebs today. I'm gonna go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Way too many. I'm with you, Chris. OneNote, bookmarks, folder, SharePoint. Okay. So we've got a we've got a variety here. And so now let's talk about the different sorts of tools that we can be using. So what are, for those of you who are using a tool, be it OneNote or Feedly or Loosely Confluence, you know, what would be a criteria for you when it comes to choosing a tool to help you with your curation efforts? Either what are you looking for or what do you look for in a curation tool? So Noelle, I see that in the chat, automation, yes. Ease of use, the interface, streamlined processes, absolutely. What else should we be looking for? One of the things that would be great for automation is to be able to connect SMEs to their content that's aging, whether it's a tickler to remind them, hey, things are dating. And I um, deliver software training with software that changes every month. So trying to keep up with what content is being impacted by releases is not possible <laughs> for me with my lack of systems today. And I think that's important, right? You want your systems to be able to talk to each other. You want it to really be a, a set it and forget it type of mode, which I think is what Feedly does for you. Right, Mike?
1: For, yeah, so for receiving stuff, Feedly does that and lets you consolidate a bunch of sources the only the sources that you want insist and have things sort of come to you instead of having to go to five or ten or twenty different places to track stuff down there's another element of that so there's stuff coming in but then there's also integrations of sending it to evernote or publishing it to linkedin or so there's a interconnectivity piece there that automates a lot of that stuff so you can save things in a click of a button or publish things efficiently.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the that's the key, isn't it? It's now that I have it, how do I get it? And then once I have it, what do I do with it afterwards, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think those interconnected pieces help you make those decisions.
1: And then what's connected to what, that's um, different for for everyone, right? So probably no two of us would have the same setup just based on what we're trying to do and where we're saving things and how we're sharing things and stuff like that. So it's it's really very personal.
0: Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, because we all have different wants and needs and goals as far as what we're collecting and what we want to share, et cetera. To that point, I see Chris's comment here in the chat about using OneNote and how you're collecting information for specific projects, et cetera. You know, I pretend I have a system, right? So I did OneNote notebook. Because I'm trying to collect different things, different types of things, so they can all go in there, and so that seems nice for that. But Evernote I use is I'm just running around the internet and reading things. Basically, I let myself get overwhelmed, and I keep doing the same system that's not a system.
1: It's a system.
0: It is some sort of system. Bless you. That is a nice way of putting that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and we say that in jest, but I think it's important that even if it's a a loose system it is some kind of system and i think that's the important part right for those of you who aren't using a tool i'd be curious to hear from you how do you collect information i hate
1: to admit it but as old as i am i love paper and pencil <laughs> so a lot of my stuff is physically written down and categorized and using folders so again it's uh, it's real old, but uh, I just sometimes I just can't shake it. I actually am taking a lot of notes with you telling things because I don't have a chance to sit down and kind of explore some of the stuff that you guys are mentioning. So, like OneNote, I uh, couldn't tell you what OneNote is. That's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being honest. And there's nothing wrong with the um, analog system, right? my problem with an analog system and i also I, I keep notes here on my ipad but i also keep them in a notebook how many of you right now have sticky notes you know around your monitor of things that you you you're either reminding yourself of like a to-do list item but also i want to check out one note or i want to check out feeling you put it on a sticky note yep there you go dan a system is a system, regardless of whether or not it's analog or online or cloud-based or whatever. If it works for you, it works for you. Now, I think why we're here today is to talk about how we can make a system that you have work for you, but also maybe if it's not working for you, maybe we can give you ideas to help it work better. What What are your thoughts, Mike?
1: It's a double-edged sword, right? Like there's a lot of options. But there's a challenge in that. And I think the key is don't try to get it perfect on your first pass. Just try, you know, one small thing that will be better. Give that a test drive. And then over time, you'll naturally evolve maybe into and out of different tools and systems. So just, you know, going in knowing that you're going to change, I think, helps a little bit.
0: I totally agree. Um, Rocketbook. Now, I haven't thought about Rocketbook in a long time. Rocketbook connects to Evernote. Uh, poorly, actually. But, um, (laughs) I have a professional one and I have a personal one. And the personal one actually connects to my Google Docs and my personal account. I have not connected the professional one into something. So I'll probably, I usually scan those in and then move them over. But then there's a QR code down at the bottom and there's a couple of little symbols. So you can actually set up the app to see those symbols. And then when you circle one of the symbols, it'll drop it into the drive or the folder that you have connected to that symbol. Yeah, that's a very nifty product that they've got going on. Mike, what's your favorite tool to use?
1: Feedly, but like by far, cause it does so much stuff. Like I can save stuff from anywhere I'm at into Feedly. You know, I can subscribe easily to Feedly, I can organize stuff. So for me, that's that's far and away, the one that's been most useful for me personally. Mm-hmm. Note taking wise, I'm a big fan of Bubble Up. It's, it's probably one of the most useful. So you can do notes, but you can also do files and images and you can organize folders. The nice thing about that is you can also sort of take resources you've collected and then, sort of selectively, the column them roles. So you can make a role, which is basically like a, a nice, nicely designed web page. So if you want to share your things with people, it's a nice way to to do that too. So it's got a nice, nice feature.
0: And how do you spell that?
1: Uh, it's B U B one L U P bubble up. Another thing too is like I've got either you know a bookmark or a browser add in, so I can just access this stuff. So if I find something I want to save in Feedly or Bubble Up or whatever, it's just the click of a button. Maybe I give it a note or a tag and it's, you know, that part's automated too, which is super efficient.
0: Right, and I think that goes back to the automation part and with the tools, with the abundance of tools that are out there, it's a matter of deciding what is it you want it to do for you. Right. Uh, Chris.
1: Yeah, thanks. I wanted to ask Mike this question. Many things are coming at you in your Feedly. I mean, I think we may have talked about this the last time you were on because I'm still struggling
0: with the whole: how do you discern or decide what it is that you want to get?
1: Obviously, it's it's personal, right? And and that's the the one of the things I like best about Feedly is, is I can control and organize what I'm consuming and when. So I've basically got three categories of stuff, and and Feedly lets me set it up this way. So. I have my A-list stuff, which is some small number, and if they publish something, I want to see it relatively quickly. So that's the stuff I look at every day. I look at my A-list sources every day. If I have a little extra time, I'll drop down into my sort of B-list stuff, which is still good stuff, but it's not you know top shelf. Uh, and so if I don't get to that every day, it's okay. If I get to that a couple of times a week, that's cool. That's a bigger bucket. And then there's everything else, which is a much, much bigger bucket. It's sort of a little more random, a little more diverse, a little more far afield. And if I don't ever see that stuff, I don't care. I can just go hit mark all as red and start over. And so that's me sort of segment things into priorities like that, which is really nice. I think I subscribed to maybe like seven or 800 sources, but that doesn't mean I'm reading that every day. That's the beauty of this is say I'm, my A-list is 20 sources. They're not publishing stuff every day. And so 20 sources is really not very much because it's coming to me and I don't have to go 20 places to look for it, right? I'm keeping up with those 20 really, really well. I'm keeping up with that bottom 700, man, maybe I see it, maybe I don't. But again, I feel like if there's something that's big or important that it will find me through multiple ways. So I'll see it one way or the other.
0: It's important to acknowledge And that's why having these tools to help you organize things becomes critical, you know, and having a technique around it, having a process around your curation efforts becomes even more critical. But but imagine having that many sources all hitting you with no organizational structure or process around where it's going. Now that makes your mind go, what? But if you knew that those pieces of information were coming in and automatically being sorted and automatically being put into folders into the things that were priority for you, it's kind of like email, isn't it? It's like that's why we use filters for email. That's why we use labels for email, you know, to help us to organize everything that's coming in at one time. This process is to me, it's the same.
1: Email, I want to sort of keep minimal amount of stuff in there because it's it's too hard for me to manage. You know, I don't get email newsletters in my email. I send them to Feedly.
0: That's smart. And that's probably a process that you'll walk us through in your learn something new. Okay. Excellent. That's something we haven't talked about. Our project management tools, you know, are curation adjacent and sauna, Trello, you know, which kind of work that Kanban type of user blocks. And so, if you had blocks for different content sources, then you can put the content within the blocks. Now, whether or not you can set it up to automatically feed into that, that's kind of iffy, you know, but still, it's a great storage place. So, if you find information and you want to categorize it in such a way, you can do that or attach it to certain projects or if you're working on, um, let's say an e-learning course or a regular course for that matter on, I don't know, ladder safety, and you wanna curate all of these different sorts of data sets and articles around that, you could put it into that Trello board. So you would have all of the information in one place, right? Like I said, curation tool adjacent. I think it, it works really good for things like that. Anyone using a tool like Trello or Asana or Monday, you know to help you with sorting information. I use Monday. I've recently started using an AI tool called Reclaim, which is primarily right for scheduling and task management. But Monday is where I keep my um, content request board and my high level projects then I put the details of those projects of discovery, et cetera, into confluence organized by project. Oftentimes the artifacts from that, if I do skill mapping, design docs, whatever that is, that, that ends up being um, my, my company is a Google suite company. So mm-hmm. I'm still using spreadsheets. Yeah. And I think it's great for, like you said, gathering those artifacts It's a great way to do that and have those organized. And especially if you need your subject matter expert to find them, right? So it gives them that one-stop shop for that one piece of information, right? Which is what curation is all about, is giving people the information they need at that moment. Or sharing information is the other part of curation, right? When we think about curation, we think about finding, synthesizing, and sharing. And you guys heard me say this last week. You know, if we've got all of this information and we don't share it, we become information hoarders and that's not who we want to be you know so how how can we then gather it in such a way that other people can find it later and i think what noelle is saying is a really great way to do that you can help put your subject matter experts in contact with information that is important to them right and then that makes you useful and helpful and that's what we all strive to be bookmarking tools from renee renee asked a question about bookmarking tools i Balance between regular, you know, Chrome bookmarking, and I used to use the Evernote Web Clipper a lot, but I also use Digo, so D I I G O. So I use that a lot too. I use that a lot for some of my more formal research so i put it in digo for some reason my mind has categorized it that way you know digo is for formal stuff <laughs> i don't know why don't ask me why <laughs> that's just what that's what i have used. mike what are you using for bookmarking
1: bubble up and x tiles the the one thing i would say about keeping them in in your browser is a you only you can only put them in like one folder like if right. you have something like digo that has tags they can you can it's easier for me to find when I save stuff, if I'm limited to one folder, for whatever reason, my brain thinks a different way when I go to try to find it than when, when I thought it was obvious when I saved it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, if I save it on one device, I can't access it from, I guess, I guess Google Bookmarks it probably syncs. So that's the other consideration of where you're saving. Can I get to it from multiple places?
0: For me, Google Bookmarks are more temporary. So I'm using it at that moment or I'm using it for a current project or for current research and then I move it into something else. I have a question for Mike. I think actually I started using Pocket because of you. Yeah. Why do you like now Bubble Up or Tiles better than when you previously used Pocket?
1: So Pocket to me is just, it's just a bookmark. I just save it and then I can get back to it, but I can't as easily share it with others. So if I've got a group of things in Pocket that I want to share, I kind of got to do something with them. Copy them, move them, paste them, whatever. So I think with with the thing with those other two tools is I can save stuff in there, but then I can also then turn around and share it back out in the same tool. That's one of the things. Which you can also do with Feedly, by the way. You can bookmark things in Feedly, and and I do that. That's Feedly has something called boards. That's why I don't really use Pocket anymore.
0: I like Pocket, but I it's not my it's not my go to. Feedly is more my go to than than Pocket, but I obviously. Again, I think it all goes to what are, we talked about this last week or last chat, which is what are your goals? Everyone's going to use their own curation tools differently. And why do you use it? And then find a tool that's going to help you meet those goals. You know, so if you are research driven, maybe you need to use something that's going to help you find or dig deeper to find the research that you need. Or if you are looking for, you know, Uh, Lots of input about a specific thing, then a certain tool might be better suited for you. So it's all about understanding what your goals are for you. But also, like we said before, what are the goals for your organization? So if you're doing this from a professional standpoint, what does your organization require, right? Or more likely, what does your organization allow? Well, the, yes, and then there's that, right? You know, how can you make that work? And sometimes this is why I I try to encourage you all to, you keep IT in one pocket, you keep HR in the other pocket, you know, because you're going to need something from either of those groups of people at some point in time, you know, so buy IT. pizza every now and then, (laughs) you know, to, to, you know, get in with them, not for bad reasons, but to get to know them, right? Because sometimes we only go to IT only when we have problems, you know, and that's not right. If you can have IT help you to find tools that are going to make, help your job be better and smoother and faster and more efficient, you want them on your team. The last company that I worked for, The IT department was really big of fantasy football, and I used to buy them pizzas every draft day. And let me tell you, I got to play with a lot of tools because they were always like, oh, yeah, Shannon, she's cool. All right. Thank you. Not everything they approved, but at least they let me play with it, which is what's important.
1: I like pizzas, too, by the way.
0: (laughs) Put a pizza in the mail for you. There we go. I like this, Heidi. Set an appointment with yourself to clean out your saved stuff. Yeah. And I think that that could kind of go to organizing your assets. You know, one of the things that I learned from Kevin Thorne a while back was the importance of filing away your assets in different project folders. You know, so as soon as you start something, you have that folder for those particular assets and all those assets. And For me, that was like, wow, Why I used to keep my pictures in a picture file and then all my assets in another file, but he's like, no, keep them all together and you'll always be able to find them. You know, it's like, oh, well, that was a forest of the trees kind of idea. So Mike, you found something?
1: Chris found it. Thank you, Chris. So it's called Eagle Cool is what I was thinking of. And it's a Windows image asset management thing.
0: Ah, Okay. And I had the smile before we head off because we are at the top of the hour. I had the smile when you said images because Mike and I have been on a hunt. Well, wow. I have been on a hunt and I have been relentlessly bugging Mike for the last couple of months is that I have uh, an image file of certain images and I did not say where those images came from. And all I know is that it came from a link that Mike had sent in one of his emails months ago. And I'm like, Mike, you have to find this for me. And finally, I was able to at least narrow down the months in which he sent the emails, and we finally found it, didn't we?
1: Yay!
0: Yay! So now I can stop emailing Mike about, please help me find these images.
1: You can email me anytime you want, Shannon, about anything.
0: Thank you. But I think that that just goes to show the importance of an organizational structure, right? So I was able to narrow it down at least and say, That email came between the months of January and March. And I'm looking for these graphics. And he was able to find it. If you have your stuff in an organized fashion, organized for you, in a way that suits you, then that's the beauty of it, right? Okay, well, we are at the top of the hour. So thank you, everyone, once again, for joining me today. And don't forget, you know, if you want more of this sort of thing from Mike, we've got our Learn Something New, which is in two weeks, where he's going to take us through these deeper dives of how to do all of the things that we're talking about today. For those of you who are part of the community, you get a certain percentage off. For those of you who are part of the community plus... You get it for free. So there you go. And you can't argue with that. At least I hope that you can't anyway. And here is a link to the community. And I hope to see you all there. Now, anyone got special plans for the weekend? No? My daughter is getting married next week. And for those of you who are regulars on the coffee chat, You'll notice that this is a different setup and that's because I had to switch rooms because. My didn't... Thank you everyone for hanging with us for another Learning Rebels coffee chat. It was great to have Mike making an appearance on this week's chat to answer some of your curation burning questions. And I highly recommend that you do as Stella did. Print out Mike's curated model and post it somewhere to help you curate content that is quality over quantity. Oftentimes we get hung up on distributing content without really going through the motions of synthesizing and validating. And this leads us to sending out information that might be less than trustworthy. And no one wants that. So take the helpful and relevant ideas that Mike and others shared during this chat and practice quality control. Practice good curation for your people. Don't forget all of the resources discussed are in the show notes below. Well, you want to join us live and you know you do. Go on over to learningrebels.com, check out the events page and sign on up. And don't forget to check out the Learning Rebels community where you have an opportunity to build your knowledge and skills and connect with other cool L&D professionals. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now.